Hello again. I'm Steve Longo, and I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Rock and Roll Show and Tell, coming to you from the No Gloom Ballroom. Today on the show, drummer Chuck Berge, who's played with a couple of acts you might recognize. How about Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, Hall and Oates, Al Dimiola, Diana Ross, Blue Oyster Cult, Billy Joel, Meatloaf, Brand X, Bon Jovi, and Enrique Iglesias, just to name a few. I really enjoyed this conversation with Chuck. Great guy, fantastic musician, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it too. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Jason's Deli. With four convenient locations from Naples to Cape Coral, Florida, they are a must-try. Jason's Deli, where all good things come from wholesome ingredients. And Bradley's Jewelers of South Fort Myers. They specialize in amazing moments. Bradley's Jewelers. Stop by and say hello to Brad and Colby. But right now... My friend and fellow drummer, Chuck Berge. Oh, man, here you are. Better than Madison Square Garden. Oh, I miss that so very much. Yeah, you know, I, I'll tell you what, it's a, it's a, I, I love watching the joy on your face. I can, I can think I can get rid of this thing now, my appendage. Um, <laughs> I, I loved watching the joy on your face as you were watching the clip. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, you know, it, it's really hard to not just go on forever uh, about what the Billy Joel experience has been for me and my life and my career, much less um, to see a shot like that where it's actually looking out the, well, that's kind of the way i see it but i don't ever see it from behind me no and, uh, and that but that was a thrill and that was a while ago i've uh, i've actually pared the kid down substantially um for a variety of reasons but uh that was back when i was playing a bigger kid yeah i uh, noticed so, that, uh, that there were um more tom toms than you have uh in later videos and um you know when i was looking around like i said I, i'm really always concerned about copyright infringement i don't want you know i don't want to get the not that we're broadcasting you know to the north pole which we are but <laughs> it doesn't matter um uh, you know so i try to find interesting stuff that'll you know at least wow. show a, a you know and all i did actually was um i i uh in youtube i just uh searched your name and billy uh -huh. joel but your name first and so uh, you know that's what came up and i found it and i thought man you know this is i know i've i've seen that view many times like yeah. you but that perspective from the back even for me yeah. to see how enormous that band is that's uh it's a big bunch of men of eight of us and and, and bill and and it's uh boy i miss it i mean that was just a thrill to watch that um you know it's been so long since we've done that. It's been set, what, seven months. Our last gig was in Mexico City uh, at the end of the first week in March. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, that's, uh, it's crazy. And, you know, sorry, go ahead. 
that a dog? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, <laughs> I'm saying this like. It's a, it, yeah, it's a, ra- it's a rather big dog. Yeah. Um, his name is Remy. Yeah, his name, yeah. He's uh, named after a fine cognac. <laughs> anyway, um, just, I, I'm sure everybody knows that you guys do a residency there. Um, yeah. That's got to be pretty cool and it occurred to me i guess you don't have a separate set of gear just for the garden but um you know it must be pretty easy it's like rolling into a club it's like rolling this place speaks it's uh it's become all of our office you know um being it once a month um the beginning of this year was was the seventh in a year seventh consecutive year that we started with sellouts um and it's really, it's really, it's tough not to just pontificate for endless amounts of time about how cool it is. Because, you know, growing up in the metropolitan area, playing at the garden was a dream from when I first saw Ringling Brothers <laughs> at the old garden, which was up in, the, you know, I don't know, in the 50s, I think it was a big square monster. Um, but uh, man, the just joining Billy was uh, has been been beyond my wildest dreams. Uh, we've done we've done gigs. Uh, the two Shay gigs come to mind, and those were in 2008. And there was a while where I thought, well, there's no way this is going to get even bigger. And then suddenly, you know. Suddenly it did. I mean, in 2010, we took two years off, maybe maybe more than that, while Billy had uh, some work done on his hips. Um, and so he had to recover from that. And then uh, Hurricane Sandy came through and changed everybody's lives. And we were asked last minute to uh, to do, do the benefit. And that particular night, um, we haven't played together in months and months and months. We played. We did one uh, short afternoon rehearsal at some studio in Midtown, and then did the garden show. And it was our first show in wow, years. Wow. And uh, yeah, yeah. We because we had stopped in in 2010, and uh, and it was so it was so thrilling. I it, it was just all I could do to try and keep from exploding. Like uh, it was so so thrilling, and then what what ended up happening was Billy was in such great form. We actually did a couple of other shows that were as tributes to the people of, and, and to help bring awareness of, of uh, Sandy. And uh, after uh, after a couple of weeks, suddenly I guess Billy's booking agent got deluged with calls from promoters who thought, well, he was gone, and suddenly they're like we have to book this and uh suddenly we started doing really big venues again uh, we always did arenas and then suddenly we were being offered baseball stadiums and then it's just gotten so crazy that this year would have been the first year that we were going to primarily play and i think there were six of them sold out as of march um football stadiums oh, wow. our first wow. big show our first big show um, of 2020 was going to be Panthers Stadium in North Carolina. And it was sold out in March, and we were getting set to go down there. 
and then this whole weirdness hit. So, uh, you know, watching that clip, that is the best band I've ever been in. It's with the best songwriter. It's with the best singer. Uh, it's it's with the best crew. It's with the best production. It's just it's so top of the line. It's insane. That's and, uh, uh, that's that's uh, that's uh, no pun intended. Music to my ears. I love. <laughs> You know, I, I've heard so many burnout stories about guys who are slugging it out from one gig to the next. Oh, man. I gotta, you know, especially back in the bad old days. And to hear, and I saw it in your face. I mean, I saw it when you were watching the clip. I could see how much you love it. And that, you know, that just, yeah. I, I was telling, you know, I, I stopped really hardcore touring you know, three years ago. Um, not on purpose, just because I wasn't out fishing for the next gig and you know how that runs. And it was yeah. time to, you know, it was time to change things around a little bit. And I thought to myself, well, this is okay. You know, this is okay. Then um, I got this idea, which I'll share with you later about how, you know, because I have the studio so I thought well I'll do a track and I'll send it to him and he'll do a track and he'll send it to them and and I was thinking this is all like way to jam not hey let's all play Strawberry Fields forever I'll send you a, a you know I'll send you a rhythm track and you play some fills over it and send it back to me and then we're creating something yeah, you bet. So you bet. all of a sudden, and so I'm doing that with a couple of other guys, and I'm going to do it with you as well. And all of a sudden, now again, I'm having trouble getting to sleep at night. I can't wait to get up tomorrow to go in and light everything up and play. I love. I man, that's just what we are. Everybody wants to feel that way all the time, uh, and certainly since joining Billy, I have, I have, my life has been like being shot out of a cannon every day. Wow. And, uh, and it's been the best. It's been absolutely the best. It's kept me feeling, uh, younger and stronger as time's gone on. Uh, and, and the, the gig has been so demanding that, and you, you know, this as a drummer, you just, um, to play the way I want to, I have to work out hard, at least at this point in my life, a couple of times a week. Um, I, 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 I do lightweights, but, you know, when I'm playing as much as I normally do, I, I don't worry about upper body strength. I just want to, I want to keep playing. Uh, but it's, uh, the Billy gig is absolutely beyond, is way beyond what my comprehension of anything I could achieve in my career would be, really. Uh, it, it's, you know, and, and playing the songs, uh, it's taken me a long time uh, to to leave behind the feeling of well I can make this a little better because when I joined the band I thought yeah I love those tracks but you know I could probably and nah none of it was broken mm -hmm. and as time's gone on I've played less and less I I I hopefully have you know grown in realizing that the songs were perfect when they were put out. And they don't need, all, all he needs is consistency from me. He doesn't need me to reinvent the wheel. He doesn't need, you know, we have songs that end on the dime. We have songs that rave up like that one we just watched. And those are the tough, and, and with those uh, moments, I kind of look at those as like, okay, I'm going to sneak in a, you know, a couple of wacky things. And that's it. And, you know, 
my days of wanting to take a solo, of, of there's no need in Billy's uh, repertoire, and there never was a solo in his uh, shows, really. So uh, it, it, playing his songs is so fulfilling. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty humbling, and it's pretty awe-inspiring that uh, the more I play them, I hope the better I play them because I, I get inside of them and realize it doesn't even need me to do anything other than try and play what was originally there. Well, you know how you know how you can tell you're doing it right, right? Your ass can still feel the chair. <laughs> there you go. That's that's all you got to know. If you ass is feeling the chair. I mean, how many years has it been? I'm going on 15 with Billy. That's that's uh, awesome and and well deserved. I mean, you know, I've I've uh, listened to a lot of tracks, you know, for a number of reasons, um, but mostly live stuff. You know, I want to see what Sher Rivera's wearing and so on and so forth. But but I always get uh, <laughs> I always get taken to you know uh, you got a left hand bro and it's and they mix you very well it's a very generous mix and the thing that i noticed from the clip i watched tonight was how well it sounds from the back that's back yeah which is weird because uh, our bass player is not on he's not playing through a rig so there's no lot the only live sound is the horns billy's voice um, Crystal's percussion, my drum, and Tommy's guitar. Everybody else is virtual in the mix, so there's there's right. there's not big sound on stage, but it sounds good from the back because because we we have a thing going on and the speakers spill enough even to those people who are sitting really close to the back that they're getting a good mix. Well, so, uh, man, I mean, you, you can tell they're getting a good mix in the back now. And yeah. I mean, why shouldn't they? If you're going to sell that seat, you got to, you know, you have to fly when you need to fly for those people, yeah. too. And yeah. obviously they did a good job. But let me ask you this. Um, I guess not having a lot of amp power on stage makes it easier for you to communicate with. I mean, there's seven other people that that you have to lock together uh, and 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 act and kind of put it out there so billy can, you know that's a very weird interesting kind of train because you're you're driving the train no matter what but yeah. you're driving it for him so is there communication or does everybody just know what they know and they play the book um well, let's see, that's a good question. Um, I'm on in-ears, and I really prefer that in this band because yeah. we are really spread out. And um, and there's so much to hear. Uh, you know, we'll do one song, let's say, um, uh, Zanzibar, and I want to hear Carl's trumpet. But if I had to get all that stuff, you know, in my monitor all the time, it would drive the sound man nuts. And his main thing is, is Billy. But um, so I, I I'm not in there, um, but Tommy is not and Billy is not. But there's always I I'm I'm just on his face all night. So um, and we've been playing together long enough now that a lot of the, a lot there's a lot of ESP and you know what that is when it's when it's good and when it when it works, we all 
we all get it. And uh, there's, you know, we can take a left turn when he does, probably within one beat. And uh, and and I, so I have him really, really well mixed in my uh, in my in ears, and he he's the primary uh, thing going on in my my ears. His piano, his vocals. Uh, then it's my kit. Then it's everybody else. And I mean, with all the technology, and believe me, I have my. Uh I hear you, brother. I have my Jerry Harvey's right here. Um, yeah. Uh, and man, I mean, haven't they? Just, that's a whole other conversation for us. Um, it's, it's, it's a big one. It's, it took a long time to get right. Um, the guy that we have, his name's Josh. He is he is phenomenal on uh, in ears. Wasn't always like that. I struggled. I struggled at Shea. Cool. I struggled at both shows. They were so hard because the in ear. Uh, monitor man was just terrible. Well, because basically yeah. you're you're deaf and you're hearing what you're allowed to hear at somebody else's discretion or their talent level. I yes. see so now. I'll tell you an interesting thing, and this I wanted to go back because I want to go. I want to go back. I want to go back to you know when we were all coming up back in the right. wonderful days of yore. Oh, yeah. um, but back in the 70s, you know, early you know, 75, 74, 75, I started using headphones because I was a singing drummer. And mm -hmm. I and they had come out with the first version of the SM10, which was the, the Shure mic. So I screwed it into the side of the cups and it saved my yeah. hearing because, you know, and I'm, I've got a stereo mix. I even had a kill switch for the mic and another one for the, you know, in case there was feedback. And right. so I, believe me, I appreciate in-ears like you have no idea. It's, you know, I, uh, I love that, and I love what you can get. If, you know, I can and, see it. Yep, with a great sound, man, it's, uh, it's really incredible. And for the Billy Band, it's, it's a big, dense sound we want to put out. And I need to hear everybody. There, it's not like, uh, you know, I, I just need to hear the whole band that I'm playing with. And because we're spread out, I can't always see everybody clearly, but as long as I can hear them, then I can cue, then I can watch Bill, then we have uh, we have communication and we can, we can do the craziest of stuff that he might want to do. And uh, the longer I play with him, I think the, the easier it's gotten. Yeah, I, I certainly believe me. I, you know, I uh, understand that telepathy. And, you know, for me, I, I started out... Um, in, a, in the same band for 25 years so I and it wasn't you know nine people on stage it was you know four of us so the telepathy was able you know you were able to really grow it and if everybody was which you know luckily we were everybody thinking the same thought man it was like a flock of birds that could turn without hitting each other yeah it's, it's amazing it's I mean a, it really is a uh, and I think every I know every musician that I know aspires to have that happen in their career, in their life, and in the band they're in. And uh, we're just lucky that not only is it an amazing bunch of musicians, but it's also a great bunch of friends. And so many people are my best friends, period. So we're on multi-levels when we go out there with Billy. Um, and uh, it's magic, man. It's, it's just, it's magic. He, he's made me work harder 
uh, overall than any artist I've ever worked with. And uh, I need to hear every breath. I need to hear everything he says. I need to hear every note he plays, right or wrong. I just need to hear it all. And uh, he's been singing phenomenally the last couple of years. I mean, he always did. Yeah. And there was a point when we broke and I thought, I don't know, you know, when we come back, he was like, he's better. Oh my God, he's even, how did that happen? How does he sing even better than he did when I, when I first joined him? So. It's crazy. It's really well. Uh, well, all right. Let me ask you something. You must have experienced this phenomenon. Uh, you know, you're out six months, four months, a year, whatever it is, and then you don't play. Then you know. Then the tour's over. You go home and you do whatever it is you do. Whatever your I'm now home ritual is. Then all of a sudden you go back and you start playing again. And you say, "Is it possible that I got better?" I, I mean, don't you feel that like reinvigoration when you start up again? It's like, wow. Yeah, especially if, you know, I don't think most people recognize how um, labor intensive it is to uh, travel to a different country, let's say every three days, in our case, uh, do shows, um, stay healthy, and do that. We would, we would go out for nine nine ten weeks at a time when i first joined him and so and and some of the some of the legs were you know to south africa and then over to new zealand and australia and then up to japan and then you know ending in hawaii and and then you fly home and you're just like wow you're catching up with yourself so uh so Especially when you go that way around the world, too. It's really bizarre. Sometimes it's not so bad if you start in the East and you go across the United States and then do Hawaii and go back to, and then come back around through Europe that way. And then it's only just a short hop to New York and you've got, but man, why do they always go the other way? Yeah, but it's crazy, man. It was really crazy. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to think that I got better doing the gig. Um, uh, not just strength-wise, but uh, but understanding his music more. You know, um, I think after every tour, I would listen to the originals again and go like, you know, how far did I deviate? And if I had any live stuff to compare it to, it'd be like, ah, more mental notes. Don't play that. Don't. It, it's all for me. It's always been take that out. Don't do that. Uh, they've let me. Uh, our sound man, especially, he's let me throw a couple of. I, I think they're they're more like a, they're more like double bass things that I do in, in the show to begin something uh, or to end something. But he's let me keep a couple of them in. But he's really talked me out of. He called it, "Don't do that dream theater thing there," you know. And uh, and he's right. He's always been right. And you know, I I maybe wasn't always aware of it at the time, but he's uh, he's helped steer me in. When I have your bass drum that big in the house, I don't need three notes, you know, going. Gah, gah, gah. Right. I believe I, I get that, and because I am I the, I still do it once in a while. But he he's backed up, and he's like, okay, because some of those things are kind of built into the way I play at this point. But um, yeah, man, my, my whole thing with Billy really over the years has been uh, subtractive. What can I not play? You know. And, and 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 most of it's uh, it's been just take that out, take that out. I'll listen to a live thing. Oh, that was horrible. Take that out. Don't ever do that again. 
uh, when I first started, started playing with Billy, uh, one of the things I really wasn't aware of is whenever he looked up, if I was doing a fill, that's bad. Because he's actually looking for the time. Uh, I would do something, I, and I think he'd look up and be like, wow, that was cool. And actually, I, I soon came to realize, no. <laughs> he's like, Wait, what the fuck was that? Yeah, he's what looking for the time. Wow. And so, so you know, it's just, okay, remember to back, 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 back. There's one, Bill. You know, it's, it's really about telegraphing it and, and supporting him. And then when I did that, everybody else is behind me, and, and it works. You know, as long, uh, yeah. as long as everybody has you in their monitor, whether it's in ears or you know wedges, uh, side yeah. fills, you know, then they're going to know where the time is. Uh, that's an amazing thing. Well, I have one question about Billy, and then I, I really want to you know go back to the neighborhood. Um, right. Has Billy? I mean, I'm I'm sure you had, but has he ever um, the the changes that you make, whether they're subtractive or what they are? How many of them? come from him how many of them does that you know does he ever say you don't need to do that there or no he's been he's been he's been incredible um he really hasn't you know um after a first after a couple of gigs uh i was called to backstage for a show and uh i guess it was at one of our first gardens and i i i hadn't really talked to him about how he was feeling and I, uh, and I walked up and, and so his guy Noel who's been his uh, his head of security uh, whom I've known for years but he came up to me in very straight face was like boss wants to see you I'm like okay and and so he's just he's just poker faced then I'm walking behind him and I'm thinking ah, oh my god <laughs> so there's Billy Billy having a cigarette, he's rocking back and forth on his heels and he's having a, having a coffee. And he's in the parking lot. So we, we go out, we go into the where the vehicles are parked at the garden. He's having a cigarette. I'm like, hey, and so Noel leaves me and I'm looking at him and he goes like, uh, you having fun? <laughs> and, and I was expecting you know, the worst, and I was like so caught off guard, I was like, uh, uh, oh my God, yes! <laughs> That's it. That was it. And I was like, am I fired? Am I, I didn't say that, but I was like, and? <laughs> wow. Wow. And, and my heart's about to explode out of my mouth. I'm like, I think I'm going to get, I'm going to get sacked, whatever. He's going to, nope. You having fun? Wow! How oh, cool! Just God, really? <laughs> so then I went back out the door, and Noel sitting on the other side, like, got, "I got you, right?" I was like, "You, you wound me so up because I, I could see your face went white." You're like, "He wants to see me." Oh my God! So it was. That's, that's it. That's about all he's ever asked me. Wow. Um. Yeah, it's been incredible. Whatever changes I've made really have come at my own behest. Uh, you know, it's no one has come to me and said, other than our sound man. And he was always like, you, you do, you're doing something here at this, you know, in this particular song, it's too much. And okay. And you know, it took me a while to not feel like, wow, I've been slapped on the wrist, but it wasn't like that. It was just simply, he was telling me for the show, 
don't do that. And he was right. So yeah, I yeah. guess I you know I mean I I you have I guess you have to understand that you know it's it's interesting. It's like playing in the pit. You know our, we have a lot of friends that play in the pit on Broadway. Um, yeah. there, there's no improv. Right. <laughs> You have, a, you have a show to play. Right. Well, that was what was happening. I was literally doing some fills differently every night. And that's when it was like that that Billy looking up from the piano. And then suddenly I realized, oh, wow, uh, this isn't good. This, <laughs> this is not good. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to think at this point I, I have the show in a really good place. I think the last, the last two years um, I've spent the last... 13 of them uh, trying to trying to get it right because uh, you know you come in and just think well I've done all these other gigs and I, I can I can change this for the better and ultimately nah uh, and it's interesting because the I can I can draw a parallel to somebody else who I'm, I'm still a huge fan of but I was a big fan of him from other people he played with when uh when Abel Boreal first joined the court, oh. uh, uh, if you watch some of the early videos, you can see him do things, and you can see Paul do that <laughs> because he's throwing in he, he he's throwing in stuff that no Beatles drummer would ever play, no. but that 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 he grew out of. And I'm not saying it was right or wrong. And Paul was cool to give him the the room to like. You're in my band now. Be you, and and I think it's a uh, hopefully it's a sign of maturity um, that if you listen to the way he plays with McCartney now, it's perfect for every song. There isn't a moment where he's you, you know it, he's back to doing all the Ringo fills. He's back to emulating the 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 way those songs were performed initially, and. I think McCartney has sounded better than ever. But well, you have them. to represent. You're you're doing. It's not like you know. You're not. Um, you're not playing your own original materials in your. You know, material in your in your four piece band. You are uh, a part of something that's much bigger than that. That needs to be represented in an authentic way, but not a mimic. Not, you know, you don't want to sound like the other guy, but you want to sound like where it went from there. Um, you know, you, you want to own it. So, listen, you're never going to find one exactly where a, a, another person finds it. That's what makes you swing your way. And when you can fit into that pocket and find out a way to express yourself with your style and with your touch and with your choices. Hey, I think that band you know, rocks. Yeah, it does rock. It's a great band. <laughs> yeah, you know. great band. And, uh, but no, that, you know, and I mean, for me, I was always, and, and still, I, I was always uh, an overplayer. I, I like to consider myself a lead drummer. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, you would have thought I was getting hit. What's that? All my favorite drummers were, you know, lead drummers. Yeah. That's, that's just kind of how, you know, how it happened. And, uh, yeah. Uh, so every band has been has been a, a different set of challenges um, for the most part uh, Billy's never said anything don't play this don't play that and um, you know my biggest change 
from doing Moving Out, which I think I probably played about 1,300 shows in a row uh, over the three and a half years, maybe more, because I, I was able to eventually do less shows um, uh, with some substitutes. Uh, but was when I joined Billy, everything had to be slower. And uh, wow, that was, really, that was really hard. That was really hard because all the tempos for all the songs I, I learned uh, of Bill's, we, we pumped them up so the dancers could could show off. Ah. And uh, as, far as, as far as they were concerned, the peppier the tempo, the, the easier the show was to do. So I get that. Some of our, yeah, some of our songs were so fast and needed to be. That, that you know, we would play it at rehearsals. Uh, and and I and the answer was like, can you push that anymore? And I was like, believe me, I can. Is that what you want? They were like, absolutely. So going from moving out and starting to rehearse with Billy, it felt like gosh, I needed somebody should give me a Valium. Somebody should give <laughs> my muscle memory was all wound up to start these songs at at a certain tempo, and uh, and they were. Totally different. So who, who gave the tempo? Did Billy give the tempo? Well, um, on certain songs, sure. He, when he begins the song, yeah. Right. Uh, but other ones were, they were up to me to set. But I had to, I had to completely dial it back, you know, muscle memory of having done, you know, almost 1,500 shows in three and a half years. Suddenly, I now I'm going to start that song and it's, it's 8 BPM slower, or 10, 12, I mean, really. And, and so what we did was we decided on um, the all, I'm going to focus on remembering and knowing and putting in this uh, Atama Rhythm Watch, which is what I was using to, uh, I would put in um, record tempos. Because I said to him, I said, one of the problems I have when I saw you live a couple of times was, Lib was playing some of the songs that needed to be slower too fast, or he was playing some of the songs that needed to be faster too slow. And I was like, that didn't work for me. He was like, me neither. I was like, well, so maybe we can agree on, let me let me clock all the original tempos, and we, we played them at rehearsal, and he was looking at me like, Wow. Uh, yeah, and I'll tell you what about that. That's that's amazing because I had a similar situation when I did the in in two thousand one. I did a walk down Abbey Road, which was uh, which was all Beatles stuff, but it was it was Alan Parsons, Ann Wilson, Todd Rundgren, John Entwistle, myself, um, yeah. and just you know there was the whole thing, and we're doing Beatles songs, and it's and it, you can't rush that stuff, and for me. I'm all. I know what you're saying. So what I did is I got. Um, I got the back in the day. Where did I get it from? Uh, I can't. It doesn't even matter. But it was a, a metronome that had a light on it. And the doctor had one. I think originally. Uh, yeah. And, and, and the the um, Tom Rhythm Watch has got a green. You can make it red, red, or green, red. Yeah. For the green downbeat. Yeah. And. You know, it's great until somebody puts a red light on over me, and then um, if, if I have to count the song off, I'm like, <laughs> But you get good at seeing tempo with, with light. Exactly. 
And I, I can't use a click track in the studio. I mean, I can and I will, but I much prefer to be able to see it. Uh, it it's it's a little bit more feeling. It's not quite so, you know, top, top, top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Well, well, I still use it to this day because I don't know about you, but uh, most of the bands I work with, they were happy to start the songs, you know, any particular song in a set faster than we had rehearsed it or faster than it was on the album yeah but in in this particular case with bill once we decided that these were going to be the tempos i i pretty much still need to see it sometimes because i get up in front of people and if i'm going to start this song i'm i'm so overwhelmed with adrenaline at the you know at any of these gigs but at the garden it's crazy that if i don't have that reference because I'm not hearing it, I'm looking at it. Yeah, exactly. If I, that, if I don't have that as a reference, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fly us into the moon. And, and it's funny because of, of all the gigs we've done the last couple of years, we, our last gig was in Mexico City, and um, you know, I, 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 it was, it was the same as all these shows. I, I used all the same gear, but it was so cold that night <laughs> that. And every song is probably two to three BPM faster than it should have been. Oh. I was frozen. And I had a little heater blowing on me, but all it did was warm my legs, my upper body and my, it was just, I know I was freezing. Billy got out there and after two songs, he's like, I need a hat. He's <laughs> got a big scarf and, and everybody else was just freezing. And uh, who knew in March that Mexico City was going to be like in the, if, we were, if it was 51 degrees on stage, we were lucky. And it, and it had a stiff wind. Yeah. Man, I was so cold. And I listened to uh, some of the performances of that uh, that night that are on YouTube. And wow. I mean, we're flying. But I, it, it was like, either do this or die. I needed, <laughs> needed to keep blood going to the tips of my fingers and yeah. the tips of my toes. No, um, believe me, I know, I know the feeling. And so look, before I before I run you on on the questions, um, take me back to New Jersey and the first band and that whole journey up through, you know. I uh, so I had a high school band that started in junior high, and uh, we were called Red Red eventually R E D B R E D, um, and I had two guitars, bass and drums. Uh, for a while, we had you know one guitar. We were a trio with a singer. When we first began, I was the lead singer because, you know, it just, well, we couldn't find anybody to sing. Uh, so I kind of learned how to play and, and sing. And uh, in any case, um, we did great in high school. After high school, uh, I, I migrated up to uh, uh, Boston. I went to Berkeley for a very brief period and dropped out. I hated it. Then I, hated came, back it. Into the, yeah, then I came back in the Jersey area and... Uh, I had some amazing things happen. One of them was uh, the second guitar player in my high school band um, went up to Boston with me. And within, a, within four months, he was like, I don't like the scene up here. I got to go somewhere. And, and we wanted to do a band, but we couldn't find the personnel. So uh, he said, I'm going to move to London. And he did. And within a year, he joined Bob Marley and the Whalers. Wow. He was with Bob until Bob died. So wow. He he, so in in high school, he was uh, he was like Jimi Hendrix on guitar. 
playing with super feedback. But when he joined Bob, Bob didn't want any um, sustain. So on all those Marley albums, Albert was not only the only American in the band, but he was he was playing nothing but really really cool, tasty, uh, very very clean guitar, which was the antithesis of who he was when I played with him. Uh, but he still plays with to this day uh, the the original Whalers, and he still fronts the band as far as I know. And wow. he's a monster, monster singer, guitar player. Wow. Uh, and in the, this incarnation, you know, as of the last five years, he's 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 loud, he's sustained, he's you know, he's chops, he's all the things that Bob didn't want to hear at the time, which I think he was right. But um, so for Every day. Me, to see Albert get the uh, success that he had doubled down my intention to keep playing and finding better people to gig with. Um, and then the other thing was up in Boston, Al and I sat in with the Allman Brothers, uh, and I ended up taking and we got we got friends with them. They did a three three night stint at a place called It's No Longer There, the Boston Tea Party, and we befriended them the first night. Second night, I was able to sit in for Butch. And Albert was 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 given Dwayne's Les Paul. Wow! And we played on a song called Dreams off of their first uh, first album because it it was they were on tour with that first record with Whipping Post and uh, and it was after I played with them and sat in with them that I was like I gotta keep playing. So Boston was not where I wanted to be. So I came back to Jersey, um, lived there for another two years, had a couple of club bands. And then uh, I didn't really find, I moved to the West Coast for a couple of years, made great friends, was in a bunch of great, great bands. Um, and I really didn't get a professional break until seven years out of uh, high school, I joined Al Dimiola. Oh. And, uh, and, uh, and I was still fusion guy, right? Like whenever I played rock and roll, I was doing my best Billy Cobham fills and it was horrible. But everybody I played with put up with it. And, uh, and I use every gig as a practice place. Uh, and it's a, it's a terrible thing to get into. Uh, but at the time, I, I just wanted to keep learning and growing. So, and joining Al was kind of at the uh, tail end of fusion as a, as a genre that was even, you know, being attended anymore. I mean, it was still doing great. We went on the road and opened up for Weather Report and their heavy oh. weather tour. <laughs> so I that blew my mind I was then asked to join a band called Brand X that uh, Phil Collins had started and that was one of the last fusion gigs fusion recordings I ever did and then it was suddenly back to rock and roll so Montclair the biggest influence getting back to Montclair is when I was in grammar school I met a guy who was in junior high at the time called Joe Walsh oh. and he was he lived down the street from us, and he had a band uh, that used to gig at, in the same place as my junior high band did four years, five years later. But Joe was en ended up being like uh, my older brother, and his success uh, with what was first the Measles, which turned into the James Gang, uh, changed my, my life because he, he would show me and Albert and the guys in my high school band how to play a Who song right because 
he had just been on tour with them with the James Gang. Right. Or he would show us, this is how Jimmy Page plays this, because he was on tour with them with the James Gang. And, and this is how Jimmy played this, because he was opening up for Jimmy with the James Gang. So he, he was my bro. He was, if he can do it, I can do it. Mm. And, uh, and, and, you know, being able to jam with him when he would come home to visit his folks who lived right down the street from my folks. And our folks became great friends. And his high school drummer got me learning the first rudiments. Yeah. Um, so, so that, that, that was my, he was my big influence as, and I was still in grammar school. And I, I, but it really until the Beatles on Ed Sullivan that I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a professional That's, uh, that's, hey man, you know what? Uh, it was a little different than that for me, but not a lot. Um, I announced I was in kindergarten and uh, the high school band came to my elementary school. And it was the first time I had heard music, you know, especially with ambience. And I said to the girl next to me, who's still a friend, and she reminded me of this. I had totally forgotten. I out of the, you know, an epiphany. That's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And uh, so far, so far, so good. And I will tell you this: as far as fusion is concerned, I'm bringing it back. Yeah, good. Oh, well, you know, I, I, I'm sending you a track, man. Trust me. Wait, wait till you see what's coming your way because there's no rules anymore. I broke yeah. out. I broke out stuff that I wrote 25 years ago when, you know, when I was just learning MIDI and it was at the very, very beginning of digital audio and that whole thing. And these are they're madness tracks it's all times and signatures and it's all over the place and i'm telling you i'm sending you tracks and you're going to want to play something on something and we're going to we're going to do this and i love it you save all that dream theater shit for me pal because i'm telling you we're going to do i got you covered i i got i got to plug this i i'm a member of a band called can you see this it's backwards Oh, okay. okay. It's called Tokyo Motor Fist, and it was uh, we just we just released our second album on Frontiers Records, and it's uh it's it's an '80s vibe, but there are definitely uh, what a, I wouldn't say. Well, there's some odd time moments. There's some chops moments. It's uh, one of the best albums I've ever done. Well, I well, before, well, give it, send me a link, man. I, I you know this is what this I, this show's I, I, about. What's I will. It, uh, it, it was uh, it was written and produced by Steve Brown. Steve Brown um, is is the original founder and writer of, of Trickster, and and they had a million selling album, their first album out. I remember and, them. And he's one of my favorite people. He's just super talented. But he wrote all these songs, and we've just released this on uh, Frontiers. And uh, it's our second record, and there is some fusion in there. Mark Rivera takes a solo on it, and Steve plays some of the most deadly guitar I've ever heard. Wow. Um, it's an amazing band. Uh, Greg Smith is the bass player. Oh, yeah. He's been One on of the my show. favorite people and bass players as well. Yeah, um, I, I played with Greg a, a few times. He's a fire, and he's been on the show. I mean, I, it's like I got everybody. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, well, I, I will send you a link to this because I'm really proud of it. 
Uh, the mix is monster. It, the, the songs are stupendous. It's just, you know, it's just a, a, a knockout album. Uh, he, he edited some of my dream theater shit out. Uh, <laughs> and I, I gave him carte blanche because, you know, he had, uh, he had the vision. And it was like, that's fine, man. I was like, I get it. That was too much. He was like, yeah, that was too much. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to leave you with a, with a witticism, and then we're going to jump to my questions. Okay, um, right. I was mixing. You, you, you know, I I played with Ann Whistle for uh, you know for the last part of his life, and I was mixing a record in England, and um, he comes into the control room and, and uh, he said, "How are you doing?" And I said, "Oh." I'm having a little hard time. I said, I'm not sure if the bass is loud enough or if it's too loud. And he said, uh, well, it's easy. Turn it up then. You can be sh then you can be sure. <laughs> oh, uh, spoken by, like a true mad Englishman. Yeah. Man, let me tell you what. And he was, his, well, listen, it's another story for another time. But yeah, man, I mean, it was with him. <laughs> What say can say again? We both, uh, as Americans, work with some wild Englishmen. Yeah, and uh, Joe Walsh and, uh, was one of his best friends. <laughs> well, you know the connections, the our connections. You know Joe Walsh. I played with Joe several times in in every kind of situation, and Joe's girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, uh, ex wound up being John's next girlfriend. And he, as you're sure you know, Joe played on those early solo albums. Oh and it's uh, and Joe Vitale. I mean, it's like it's a whole crazy little, you know, cacophony of, of craziness. But yeah, no, it really is. Well, I am. I'm coming after you at the time, brother. I am coming your way. You you have a way to record and and is. Yeah. It, oh. yeah, I got a whole. Well, you can't see it, but yeah, I've got a. a, 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 a one of the reasons why I went to a smaller kit was to make recording just easier. I got one one mounted dump, one floor, and I got the big <laughs> bass drum uh, as as like a holdover from the things I use with Billy, but also it's the biggest second floor tom i've ever had and it works so i've gone to a very simple kit for a variety of reasons but yes i have a uh, i have a way to record and uh it's been coming out really good oh i'm co i'm coming to get you man for sure and and for me that is a very pared down kit you know i mean it's yeah. i i remember once going to see buddy rich play and I had yeah. I had it's when I had the Octoplus of Blue Vista lights and all the Fives Chrome stuff on the floor and the North drums and the Gong and the chimes and the whole thing and I you know I wanted uh, to show him the picture of the drums right so I go up there and I hand it to him and he turns it over and signs it it was like <laughs> no 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 and then he looks at it and he goes you play all these and I said <laughs> I, I said. I, they wouldn't be there if I didn't play them. I mean, it was like, <laughs> and I've been adding crap ever since. Yeah, I've been taking it away. Uh, you know. Well, listen, it'll always find a home here, and and yeah. don't worry. I, I go out in my garage; it's like a freaking history lesson. It's it's yeah. it's insane. Road cases and the gold set and the chrome set and this set. But man, I wouldn't have it any other way. I love it. I love it. Uh, ju and just for my own personal knowledge, whose sticks do you play? I play Promark. Promark. I've been with them since. 
Yeah, see, I've been a Vader guy since 88. Oh, yeah, oh, you, you oh. Don't, you don't have any sticks. Oh, I thought I, I should have sticks. What happened? I used to be in a band. That's nice. They're actually Simon Phillips size. They're right, so they're uh, they're a hickory, um, and and this ended up being the closest to what felt good in my hand. And for years, I used um, for way many, way too many years. I used uh, spray stickum, yeah, sticks, and uh, and literally ripping my hands to shreds because once. Wow. once once that was done, uh, you know, it took forever to get the, the, the stick out. But now I use Promark Wrap. Uh-huh. It changed my life. I still get blisters, but nowhere near what they were. And uh, I can, like, yeah, dude, I can, I, you know. Where is it? Where is it? Here it is. There it is. There it is. Because uh, I, oh, yeah. I play conventional. I play a traditional grip. I, I, I grew up playing like that. And yeah. I turned, o- turned over 1979. And uh, and and still to this day, don't have half the strength doing doubles that I that I do this way. Yeah. Uh, whatever. I mean, that's just that's just what it is. I can't I can't get those uh, formative what uh, fifteen years or whatever it was 10, 10, 12 years of playing this way before I switched over. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I play Promark and I play Tama and I play Pisces. Pisces. I'm. I am. Uh, all right. So I'm used. I just actually made the first. And I was. I guess now that I'm thinking about it, it was about ten or twelve years ago. But I always played when I. I had the Billy Cobham and I had the first sets of fives drums. Fives drums. Yeah. yeah. My oh, yeah. my snare drum and I still have them. My snare drum has a tag on it when they were made in Farmingdale. And it's, oh, yeah. it says demonstrator model only. I don't know how I got this. I bought them through Sam Ash, but I've got it. And then, oh, here, you see, now that's <laughs> when, when you when you marry the right girl, it, it takes you there. Right? Are we... There's my signature, but it's it's kind of worn off. But yeah, that, you know that's beautiful. Well, I still have a. I still well. This is. I mean, and this is a. It's a, a nylon tip. I've always, I started out on Regal Tip, you know, 5Bs, and it's, and it's always been 5Bs for me, always been 5Bs. It, it, you know, um, I gave myself tendonitis thinking that I had to play as loud as Jimi Hendrix uh, and not realizing that Mitch Mitchell was mic'd, so I got those parade sticks and gave myself, like, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. But, yeah. yeah. I, I, this I've always played, and what I do when I need to get that real left hand whip is I just open my hand up all the way and let the thing go all the way back, and then snap it, and it's like like that, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I would I would take my hands my fingers completely off of it and snap it with the they start shredding that little spot right, right yeah. i'm telling you i i could stop i this is just from a couple of days he has to create yeah, yeah, yeah. i hear you i have to oh man this is what we see and this is this is for the other phone call but i used to when we were playing when rat race was playing six nights a week 50 weeks a year in the winter this thing would get so bad that it would split open split open all my uh, and my remedies were, I had a friend who was a surgeon who would give me stitches, 
Mark Hitt used to give me crazy glue, and then somewhere there was uh, some kind of an anesthetic. <laughs> and I used to I used to perform surgery and then take a surgical glove and cut off the fingers and the thumb, cut a hole in the palm, and that's the way I was able to keep playing. And it hurt, man. Uh, uh, the anesthetic, I, I, I remember using that quite frequently, whether I had a callus or not. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> but, um, I eventually found uh, liquid skin. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oil in it, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, liquid skin, and uh, uh, some good gaffer tape, and that's pretty much gotten me through my life. Uh, and and you know, uh, winter time comes, all my. Uh, uh, you know, all the places that I get chafed, they crack, they split, they get horrible. Uh, I'm really, I'm probably like more, uh, like less calluses now than I've been in in 20, 30 years. Yeah, me too. I'm not slamming as hard as I used to back then. I'm not gigging. And, you know, even if, I, if I'm recording or I'm in my studio here, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not the same as being in front of 25,000 people or whatever. Yeah, I, I, and, uh, I know. And of adrenaline where I'm like, I just, let's go, let's go. And, and then when I get home, I'm like, <laughs> it's a gear. I'll tell you what, it's a it's gear that you can't hit on your own. You can't get into, you know, fifth or sixth if, if you're by yourself. I mean, you can barely do it in a rehearsal hall. Uh, you can't get that that thing that happens. I live for that thing. And it's, I it, I, I'm like, when, before I go on, man, I'm like a caged animal uh, pacing back and forth. I can't wait. Yeah, well, I think all drummers are like that because because we have more energy than most people. I mean, I'm just wound up all the time. So right before a show, man, I'm jumping up and down. I'm doing <laughs> jumping jacks. I'm like, everybody's looking at me. I'm like, what? I'm like, I got to warm every one of these muscles up. Because yeah. as soon as I hit, get up there, I'm hitting as hard. I, you know, not a guitar player who's kept it, you know, I, I can make the faces, but he's like feathering the strings and, you know, no, 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 I'm, I'm up there. I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to give it a million percent. I don't want to hurt myself. Right. So exactly. I'm right. Always warming up and, and doing whatever I have to. And I'm the same way. I'm, uh, I'm like that, you know, uh, like a jack in the box, you know, like pre-show is that I'm, that I'm, that I'm, that I'm, it's time to get up there. The first note is, hop goes the beat. Yeah, you know, and, and what they don't realize is you have to be sweating before you ever get up there, especially, and, you know, maybe Billy's a little bit more, you know, that gig is maybe a little more forgiving, but Brand X or any of that shit, you had to be on fire when you got out there. Because, I mean, I went, in Rat Race, we used to do all the Mahavishnu stuff, and, I, and I, you know, I mean, we used to go, if it was hard to play, we wanted to play it, and... And you can't, you know, you, you got to go out there like jacked, which was easy back in the day, you know. <laughs> From the anesthetic. <laughs> jacked, jilled, you, we did it all. So now, man, first of all, and so I'm going to grab, I'm going to update your contact details with me, and I'm going to get yours, and, you know, I, I say this all the time, but I'm the guy who says, I'm going to send you something, and I actually send it. <laughs> Don't send it to me, that's awesome. Too. So it's going to, so why, there's some time coming. There's some time yeah. coming. That's all I'm saying. Time ain't I just know. a magazine. All right. Okay. Cool. So you ready for my uh, 
Actor Studio list? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And it's nice because you've traveled, you know, far and near, far and wide. Favorite yeah. restaurant on the road. Doesn't have to be she-she. Favorite, when you know you're going to this town, holy shit, I'm going to Denny's or whatever. I'm going to White Castle. <laughs> yeah, um, so that's a tough one to answer because because of all the traveling I have done. But one that definitely stands out is... Uh, it is the restaurant, and I don't even know the name of it now uh, because I haven't been there in a couple of years, but we we were repeat offenders uh, two years in a row when I first joined Bill, um, and I've gone back there with my wife. It's a place in a, um, a boutique uh, hotel called Sanctuary in Phoenix, wow. and it's on Camelback, it's on the, the far side of Camelback Mountain. And it is, uh, it is not only probably one of my favorite hotels, the way it's laid out, uh, each person gets his own bungalow, uh, but the restaurant overlooks, uh, what is it called, Magic Valley, or it's not Pleasant Valley, but it overlooks uh, probably the wealthiest and, and most lush valley in, in all of the Paradise Valley. Paradise Valley. Valley, thank you. Ah. So, and so I'm a veggie. I'm a Elements restaurant. Is it uh, called pardon? Elements? Was it? Is it Elements the restaurant? Yes. Ah, Google. Google yeah, Google. <laughs> My producer. Yeah. When I was there, when I was there, it was just uh, the whole experience was phenomenal. Uh, but I found that restaurant had it just had what I wanted to my taste. And I mean, there's so many, and I have to preface that answer with, uh, and this is not to sound elitist, but Billy puts us up in the best restaurant, best hotels, mm. wherever we go. Nice. Which yeah, is, those are pretty good restaurants. So you've been there. So I have been in a slew of, so whenever we've stayed at a Ritz-Carlton, uh, many Ritz Carlton's have had some of the finest restaurants. Mm. We also have stayed almost exclusively for a long time, still do, at Four Seasons hotels. And yeah. it's just on the road, man, you're not going to find a better meal than at a Four Seasons restaurant. And a lot of them are, a lot of them are under the Four Seasons umbrella, but they're privately. Uh, yeah, the chef, they run the chef name. But yeah. Yeah. So, so I can't remember half of those hotel restaurants, but um, but because of the view and because of the particular bill of fare that existed for the two years that we hit it in a row, uh, the sanctuary restaurant, I guess, elements really yeah. uh, stands out in my career as one of my faves. Well, we're going there tonight, so we'll say hello for you. <laughs> Please, give them my best home. I miss them. We haven't been there in a long time. Okay. Well, now we get now we get to the phone. We get to the music portion of the questions. Now that yeah. we, now we've got the uh, gastronometry or whatever it is out of the way. <laughs> Favorite song to play live? Any song, anything? I love playing this song. I love playing... Uh, well, wow! So I've been with a lot of lot of musicians. I loved playing uh, Spotlight Kid with Rainbow. I loved playing. Uh, I loved playing. Um, oh God, uh, Allentown with Billy. Oh. Yeah. I, I I don't know why. I just that song always thrilled me. Um, 
uh, love. So we've covered Purple Haze a couple of times. Oh, wow. uh, and uh, and Billy, you know, Billy's a a a a, 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 a Jimmy freak, uh, as I am, as is Mark Rivera. So uh, one of the one of the first meetings I ever had with Billy, just to digress, just to show you how deep we are into Hendrix, was. Uh, uh, he, 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 it was the first time I ever did a gig with him and it was a private affair and I was still in moving out but he came in and he went bam anger he smiles pouring in and he looked at me like and I went you know shiny metallic purple on her and then he was like green jealousy envy waste behind him and I was like we're well, finally green guy and we did we went back and forth for all the verses of uh, any, uh, uh, access bold as love and we both just slapped each other's hand and he was like damn <laughs> my red is so confident in his flashes trophies of war and ribbons of euphoria <laughs> orange is young full of daring but very unsteady for the first go around now here is my this here we go I did this just for you my brother here you go Can you see it? I saw, oh, yes, that's <laughs> Oh my God. Oh my God. Only be there. So believe me, I am I am a devotee, my friend. I I I, I wanna keep going. I wanna go, you know, yellow in this case is not so mellow. But you know, I'm uh, in fact I'm trying to say he's frightened like me. <laughs> And all of these emotions of mine keep holding me to living my life with a rainbow like you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we've played Purple Haze. I've been playing it since I was in junior high. Uh, yeah, junior high. And uh, the first year it came out, uh, that, that, that album became the trio that I had at the time, our Bible. Uh, and I was lucky to see him probably six or seven times oh. and uh and then um and the last the last one being at Woodstock. so i'm dating myself but, wow. Uh, wow well i think you're a month and, older than i am i, I oh, think yeah. you were born in august born in august okay yeah you know okay 1912 yeah. <laughs> well okay but i get the rep the 40-year reference there because i was born in 1912 in september so i'm with you yeah so uh so we played purple haze with billy a couple of times and and it still it just makes every hair in the back of my head stand up yeah, that's good i don't have any hair anymore but all the ones that are left on my neck that i like they still stand, stand up they do so uh yeah, so that's, that's right. it, man. So I think that that's a good answer. I'll come up. That's with a that. good answer. Yeah. Now, now, you don't have to be too careful with this next one, but the song that you never want to play again under any circumstances, never want to play that song again. Brown eyed girl. <laughs> oh, four, yes. four people have four picked people brown eyed girl. Mostly brothers. Oh, hang on a second. Van, he hates it too. <laughs> Four people have sweet said Caroline. That. Sweet Caroline. That's we've gotten a couple of those yeah, too. The second Sweet Caroline. That's uh, wow. Okay, yeah. but man, four brown-eyed girls. And Sandy Gennaro. What was Sandy? Everything Gennaro? else, I think I, I I could play one more time if I had to. 
Freebird uh, with Sarah, Sandy Gennaro. Yeah, Sandy Gennaro, Freebird. Freebird. Sandy Gennaro. He said he has a stick to somebody else. <laughs> but, the, but my favorite answer of all of them, I had Stanley Sheldon on, who Stanley's an old friend. Um, they play, yeah. yeah. And he his they song is Show Me The Way. <laughs> no, <of course>. uh, <laughs> well, yeah, you know. <laughs> Uh, I get that. I, I've only played it once with Peter. He uh, he was one of our guests about two years ago at the Garden, and we did a "Show Me the Way" and we did a what's the other one? Uh, uh, the one that Mayo played. Which Show one? Me the way. Do you uh, feel I'm like we do? Uh, no, no. Huh. That would have. It was just the other really huge one. Yeah, "Show Me the Way" and. Uh, um, Let's see. Uh, my producer will come up with it in a minute. Yeah, you know, it'll, or it'll come with me later on. I'll detect Not like sure. I wasn't a huge Peter Frampton fan. Family girl, for freaking sure. But, um, and I can promise you this. I personally will never Baby ask I you to play it. Baby, Baby, I love your way. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Baby, I love your way. Cool. All right, so now an actual instrument question. Instrument question. Um, an instrument other than yours that you would like to be able to play, you know, uh, upright bass, didgeridoo, harpsichord. Guitar. Really? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, so many drummers. Such a guitar freak, and I can, I have pretty good rhythm. I mean, I can do the bar chords and, and, and no, and was taught how to mute, but I have no, I have no facility that way. And, and even you know, and playing most guitars, my hands are so small that it's never, it's never been something that I thought I was going to excel at. Uh, so, but I wish I I did. And and of all the instruments other than drums, guitar. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, I um, I would probably agree with you there. Um, although I wouldn't mind being badass keyboard player like Keith Emerson. And well, I, and somewhere in my mind, I would love to be able to sing like Christina Aguilera, but I don't think I'd look good in the clothes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you've maybe outgrown that. But, yeah. But um, yeah. So uh, guitar, and you know, I've been lucky to work with some amazing vocalists. Billy probably being the baddest of all of them. Uh, so. Uh, being able to sing like Daryl Hall, being able to sing like yeah. Jordan Turner, being able to sing like Billy, that would be really fun. Mm. Uh, I'll, I, I never will, uh, and I'm all right with that. But yeah. Uh, yeah well, now, it's interesting. It's interesting that you said Joe, because and this obviously is going to be a another a conversation for another time. But we have, we'll have to trade Richie Blackmore stories. <laughs> I have a I have a book of Richie Blackmore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I have I have just a few days of them, but yeah. they are. Uh, they're they're yeah. Well, I was I was lucky to play with them in uh, eighty two eighty three, and then to be asked back in ninety five ninety six. So I had twelve years between the last time I played with them, and then and then played with them again. And both times the touring was out of control. The the audiences were out of control, and he was he was a little tamer the second time around. He was a lot a lot tamer of 
personally, but he was playing probably better than ever in uh, 95, 96 when I hooked back up with him. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, but man, I got stories. I got. Oh stories. yeah, well yeah, and and some of these stories we'll tell later. Yeah. You know, but I, I have I I had uh, Matt. No, not we'll share. We'll share. <laughs> it's a VR privilege. Okay, so now there's actually there's actually there's actually two questions left for you. The 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 last serious question is if you could play one show with anybody, living or dead. Who would it be? Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy. Yeah. I hope he likes two drummers. I got to fight through the, the the thousands, the millions of them that are either alive or dead that, you know, want to be doing that. Man. Yeah, anyway, we have another drummer. Jimmy. I, I, uh, I lived and breathed all his records. Um, still do. Um, and uh, and he ha he absolutely he was the first concert I ever went to at uh, and I saw the Soft Machine open up for him at Hunter College. Wow, they had great concerts at Hunter College. And as a matter of fact, the op the the original double album of Electric Ladyland oh. had a black and white photo. Um, of the experience he had his concho belt his concho pants mitch has got a big long floppy hat and all these embroidered and if you notice he has no mics on his drums and that was the show i was at wow so, so that was my first rock and roll show wow was was the soft machine and Jimi hendrix at hunter college well, um, well, Mitch, one of my heavy influences. I mean, so huge influence. Mitch, Dino Dinelli. The best, the best traditional hands and the best, the best jazz chops. Uh, he he blew my mind. Still does. Uh, some of his performances, in fact, most of his performances to me are just uh, like Jimmy's on another planet. They're just like. Those two guys came together and they created a magic that uh, but yeah. it set, me on the, set me on the path of looking for that guitar player who had 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 vision, had chops, had uh, had ability, and uh, you know it it fueled me through a lot of great guitar players. Um, and, uh, fall mountain, just don't fall on me. <laughs> no kidding. Go ahead on, yeah. Mr. Businessman. You can't dress like me. <laughs> I I hear you. Okay, so, oh man, first of all... I'm the one that's going to die when it's time for me to die. So that means <laughs> oh, tell, me, my life tell me about that one. When you were there. When you were tripping. Sing on, brother. Play on, drummer. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to tell you a very funny story now. When I was younger, 12, whenever, whenever... Yeah, whenever that album came out, maybe I was 13, 14, I'm doing acid, right? <laughs> and, I, and I come home and I'm like, I'm tripping my brains out. And my brother, who is like eight years older than me and 
straight and just he's that brother and the Elvis and you know and the Elvis guy or the Johnny Mathis guy and I've got I've got an old set of cost headphones and I'm listening to Hendrix and uh, I, I'm, I must be singing out loud and I don't realize that I'm tripping and and I sing uh, maybe now you can't hear them but you will if you just take hold of my hand and all of a sudden I hear I'm going to take hold of your hand and break it off and it's like Jimmy uh, that, well that was me probably every weekend junior high school and high school I, I lived breathed uh, Jimmy and every time I was able to see him live oh. and this is an interesting thing Nowadays, uh, any young drummer can go on YouTube and see practically how anybody does anything. Mm -hmm. But when I was growing up, if you didn't see that guy play, yeah. and once I saw somebody play, I could then listen to what they were doing, and oh my God, that's, that's what he's doing. He's doing this crossover, and you know, whatever it was. And, um, and, and so visual, Visual acuity was a big part of how I learned to, to at least emulate other players. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't years later when VHS, you know, uh, things came out. By then, I was, it was a little too late for most of the Yeah, exactly. Yeah, music. Music minus one. Do you remember those? They do. My my drum teacher gave me them, and uh, I had a great guy. Van uh, Romaine studied with him also, uh, an old guy named uh, Carl Wolf in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Oh, ah, cool! And he, uh, he 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 got me my playing into shape, uh, and I didn't even study with him until after I left high school and after I left um, uh, Berkeley. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna take studies with you, and I did a full year with him. At the end of which, he was like. I can't show you anymore. You're you're done. Wow. Like, but the music minus one albums were like the the, the end the end uh the end game. Exactly. Of yeah. Yeah. Only uh, you weren't the one setting the time, which was very strange, right? I mean, I, oh, it was already there. You yeah. Had to play with them. Wow. Yeah. Pretty humble. Okay, well, listen, I told you we were going to take a break. We missed that <laughs> probably an hour ago. Um, not sure what else I said, but none of that happened. Uh, we always run over. We always run over, and especially when I'm talking to an actual another drummer that's that really speaks the language. Dude, you are like... You, I don't know if I've got more than a few minutes left in my schedule. Uh, I, was, I was thinking if we go an hour and a half, that would probably be more than anybody wants to hear me talk. Well, not me, not me, but that's what we're, we're going to be polite to the other people. We're going to be polite to the other people doing shows and we're going to come to our last. Yeah. Just, but See, like, let's do this again, man. Oh. If you lived in, if you lived in Jersey, you wouldn't be able to get me out of your life. You, know. you can come in yeah, any Friday yeah, night. Yeah, Friday man. Night yeah, on Friday, I, I, believe me, I'm going to call you over the next day or so. Um, we have, Vegas we have like fri free for all Friday night. It's it's insane and what goes on here. Okay, so good. So you're 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 you keep the Mr. little keep, keep the little link right. That's it's a good link. Yeah. And anytime you see somebody on that, you just ring that doorbell, That's brother. Right. And it's Barney and Longo's house. 
<laughs> I totally will. That's cool. Oh, cool. All right, so yeah. here now, this is my favorite, because I don't get to ask this a lot. Right. But you are a brother in time. Best drummer joke you ever heard. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna love this. Oh, I can't wait. I, I can't remember jokes. So I never A, I never tell them. And I've been told so many great jokes, and I swear to God, I can remember anything but a joke. Wow. Well, I'm gonna have to give you some all right. Give you some easy start offs. You know, I just got this one the other night. I can't remember who told me. How do you get a drummer off your porch? Oh. <laughs> Give them 10 bucks for the pizza. <laughs> it was one of the horn guys that told you that. It was one, it was one of the horn guys yeah. that told me that. Yeah. And, but, <laughs> but my favorite, my personal favorite, and this is where everybody's saying, okay, I'm out. He's telling this joke 40 freaking times already. <laughs> what happens when you pour beer in the drum machine? <laughs> it tries to sing. <laughs> In case anybody doesn't really get it, it's oh. the drummers with their drums try to sing. I'll text it to you. I'll text it to you. I promise. Yeah, there you go. That's my gift to you. All right, man. This has been a lot of fun. Thank yeah. you for staying so long. God, I, I could do this forever. Yeah. Thank you. This has been a real pleasure. Who am I hearing next to you? My 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 wife and the producer of everything yeah. but children. <laughs> My name's Lori. It's Lori. My wife, we've been married for how long? 30, Are you claiming? We're, we've been married 36 years together, almost 39. Yeah, that's, yeah, but she doesn't want to put any makeup on, so she never comes on camera. <laughs> yeah. I, I on the other know. hand, have flawless skin, so it's not a problem. I'm good over here, and on Fridays we no, have. I'm looking really good. Do you have to compete with that? I, yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to see you one day. You will. Yeah, you will. Hey, listen, you're welcome out here to the to the yes, you, you know to the to the asylum anytime. <laughs> you know, if you make it down to Florida. Believe me, I got, I have drums. And we have guest uh, rooms. And we have guest rooms. We got to hook up in person. As we will. We will, man. We will. And uh, hey, thanks again for doing this. Thank you for whoever was patiently waiting for you to be done with this craziness. <laughs> Your wife. <laughs> I get it, bro. Anyway, thank you again, man. This has been a, been a blast. I will talk to you over the next couple of days, and Fusion is coming to get you. <laughs> I hope so, because that's all I listen to. I, and, uh, and we'll put the link to your CD. Believe me, before... But, it's coming. It's and coming. Send us the link to yeah, the and give me the link. Give me the link and the information to the CD, please. Yeah. I want to push that. I totally will. Um, uh, I may not get it to you tonight, but I will. All okay. right, I'll, I'll I'll be here. Uh, uh, where do I send it? Is there a, is there a because all, all I think is, is I have Angus's contact. No, well, I'll, what I'll do, Chuck, is I'll, I'll give, I'll get everything from Angus, and then you and I will do the, you know, we'll. I will, I will send it back to you. You bet. Okay. That'll be great. Perfect, we'll do, man. We'll, we'll do it in the next couple of days, Steve. This has been an incredible pleasure. Mine what too. A blast. Thank you so much. Uh, it's coming back at you, Chuck. Thank you again, man, and watch out. Here it comes. <laughs>
I'm ready. All right, I'm brother. Ready. Bye, Chad. Take care, man. Hey, pleasure meeting you. You too. <laughs> Steve, have a great night, man. You too, man. I'll talk to you soon. Nice so how I mean, I uh, see it's just yeah, Angus, nicely done. Yeah. Uh, we'll have him back uh, up. Then. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. And a great player, and I really was not hip to the fusion. I really didn't know he had my disease. This podcast is brought to you by Jason's Deli. With four convenient locations from Naples to Cape Coral, Florida, they are a must-try. Jason's Deli, where all good things come from wholesome ingredients. And Bradley's Jewelers of South Fort Myers. They specialize in amazing moments. Bradley's Jewelers. Stop by and say hello to Brad and Colby. And we'll see you next week right here on the podcast from the No Gloom Ballroom. It's rock and roll show and tell.